Madison's Alternative, 106.7 The Resistance. Tonight, I am joined by Alex from Culture Wars. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How about you? I'm doing all right, too. What are you doing in Australia? A little of everything. I'm doing some work and uh, seeing uh, some friends. But yeah, I'm, I'm here for the foreseeable future. <laughs> okay. So when did you get there? Uh, I've been here since about the 20th of December. Oh, nice. So you got to spend the holidays nice and warm. Yeah, it's yeah, it's the middle of summer, which I forgot about. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. So I guess I, I don't really get a, a winter at all this year. And of course, it's <laughs> snowing in Austin. So I'm like, okay, you know. Yeah, things are getting crazy here. Like, are you watching the news or anything? I try not to, but uh, I'm, I'm watching a little bit, you know, although Australian news is uh, a lot different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So watch it to go to sleep if you wanted to. That's <laughs> uh, Trump just got impeached for the second time. So the news has been real political the last couple of days. I just get messages from people that go, have you seen this? And I go, no, but now, you know, especially with the time difference. Yeah. On everything. <laughs> Can you give us a little background on Culture Wars and how it got started? A couple of us were in a different band together. We were in this band called The Vanity from a while ago. And um, we, our, our old guitar player and I just got bored and decided to write music on the side. And the songs that we wrote became, eventually would be that first EP. And so we kind of just went to the guys and we're like, hey, we did this. What do you guys think? And half of us wanted to do it and the other half didn't. And then that became a new band. And that's, that's kind of, <laughs> it was an, an interesting way to do it, but that's kind of how it all played out. And um, from then it's just been, you know, trying to write and get better and play shows, not anymore. And uh, How did you guys get on the Bill and Ted soundtrack? I had uh, some family friends that connected me with the music music supervisor and we had lunch and I, this was when he was doing a bunch of different things. And I just was like, Hey, here's, I'll send you all my music. If you like anything, let me know. And it turned out he liked leave me alone. And it was kind of perfect timing because we were about to put it out, you know, within that time frame anyway. And it was, it was awesome. And he was super nice and cool with us and everything. So it was great. Cause obviously I, I love the movies and all that just kind of worked out. So it was, it was very surreal and cool. I think it's just crazy that Bill and Ted's soundtrack is up for a Grammy. How does that yeah, feel for a little, you? A little weird. <laughs> so it's a weird way to end the year. That's for sure. <laughs> I was just like, okay, cool. Uh, all right. <laughs> it's a little left field, you know, to hear about it. Like after the fact, I'm like, okay, cool. Great. It's, you know, it's always a, a, a really nice thing, obviously, you know, but I think for me, it's like, not real to a point, you know, but yeah, it's great. I, st I don't think I've still fully come to terms with it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that they've been pushed back, you have to wait even longer to find out if, if you're going to be a Grammy winner. At least we get to keep saying we're Grammy nominated. Not Grammy <laughs> you um, can say that forever. We get to, yeah, it's a little longer we get to gloat. I mean, hopefully Grammy <laughs> winner, that'd be great, but you know, just in case, you know. Uh, you said that you were a Bill and Ted fan even before you were on their soundtrack. What are some of the other like favorite movies that you've seen a ton of times and you still watch them all the time? Um, well, still in the realm would be like Wayne's World. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know why that came into my brain this time. I've watched the movie Grandma's Boy probably way too many times. <laughs> I rewatch a lot of the same music documentaries over and over again because I'm masochistic. I'm trying to think Which of music oh, documentaries? 
more recently like uh oasis like supersonic oh let's go to prison that's a great comedy that no one not many people have watched before but what's uh some other ones they're all on my ipad i watched the Coldplay one that was on amazon a couple of times which was interesting uh i used to watch rattle and hum u2 a lot but uh what's the one they did in berlin from the sky down that one's pretty good i rewatched the uh, kings of leon one that I think a lot of people forget exists. <laughs> you know, I have it on Blu-ray. I was like so bored in quarantine. I just started digging through my stuff. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> what about TV shows? Did you find any new favorites in 2020? Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know about favorites. I, you know, with for my personality, when I'm like feeling anxious, I watch things I'm comfortable with. You know, mm-hmm. um, so a lot of rewatching and going back and like. Parks and Rec and The Office and the 30 Rock. You kind of just do those in like a cycle, you know? I started watching like the the IT crowd. I started rewatching The Mighty Boosh. It's kind of the same people. There's a, a show I think is Netflix specific and not BBC. That's uh, The Toast of London. That's on Netflix. That one's pretty good. I recently saw that they compiled all the hours watched and The Office was the most watched show in 2020. There was a time when I would put that on to go to sleep, you know, and it would run all night. So that's not surprising. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people did that. The office was very comforting for everyone, especially when we weren't actually in an office. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have anything planned for 2021 or is everything kind of still up in the air? Well, everything's in the air other than, you know, just releasing the rest of our EP tech. So we're going to do that. And then we've got two more from that EP that are, we're going to, you know, slow drip and continue to put stuff out. And the reality is with quarantine, as soon as it started last March or what have you, we were ready to start touring at that point. And we had already started playing shows for the new record. And we did some, I think the last thing we did was a radio show in Vegas. And then everything shut down like four days later, which was fun at the time, but it was like, all right, we just got everything ready to play. And then so we immediately went into um into writing mode again and what ended up happening is we ended up writing the majority of what's going to be the next record after tech which is kind of funny so we're we're a record ahead we're like all right so we're just continuously writing and i'm doing a lot of sessions over zoom with the guys and with our producer and stuff like that to continue writing and we'll probably go into production and finish those all before you can even play shows again anyway. So, I mean, we're going to be really Mm -hmm. ahead of it, which will be great because then once we actually can play shows, then we've done all the groundwork and we just can keep going until, you know, and keep writing and get ahead of it. But that's kind of our our plan is just to keep writing and recording and coming up with music. And we've got plenty of video content for everything already that we filmed right before, like in February. So we got real lucky on that one. I was wondering about your new music video for Leave Me Alone. It looks like you guys had so much fun doing that. How did that come together? A little too much fun, yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's the only thing we did film technically uh, in, I guess, in Corona and COVID times. Um, We were considering a bunch of different ideas. We didn't know what to do for the video. And um, we ended up collaborating with the director on this whole idea of, kind of doing it in a casino, but we're playing all the characters and that kind of thing. And we were ready to shoot it, I want to say like August or something. At that point, we were trying to find a casino because most of them were closed. 
And mm-hmm. so we're like, all right, well, they're closed. So we can, I'm sure they'll be like, all right, cool. Like we're not making any money. You want to pay us to come and film? Great. And it turned out that it was actually even more of a liability and they could lose their license if they were closed. So then we were trying to find ones that were open, but they were running at 10% capacity and we could film it overnights. And I think we went through seven different casinos in Palm Springs and Vegas that were like, yes, we want to do it. But then two weeks later, we're like, oh, we can't do it anymore. So Mm -hmm. we went through this cycle of like every possible location. And then we finally had one. It was an Indian casino in Palm Springs. And then they backed out the week before and we went, all right, forget it. So we, there was a theater that somebody on the team found and they were like, all right, we can bring in a bunch of rental equipment and make it look like a casino. And so that's what we ended up doing after literally months of trying to (laughs) the location, but it ended up being kind of perfect everything, you know, um, the way it worked out. And so it's just kind of one of those like lessons for us to be patient with stuff. But, um, it was very interesting doing a film shoot during COVID, but the best thing we could do is just kind of make the most of it and have fun with it, you know? What do you hope that people hear in your songs that makes you different from other bands? Being my ego, what it is, you know, I'd, I'd like to say that the, the <laughs> as the singer, that, that the, the perspective and the, and the lyrics, but I'm sure, you know, the, the drummer would say the drums and, you know, and <laughs> Dylan would say the bass or the guitar or what have you. I, I think what makes us work and compatible and so forth is that we're all into really different music. And for a song to cross the threshold, it has to tick all of our boxes. And in a way that kind of helps us find um, and bring in all these different influences that maybe don't compute right away, but eventually do. So I, you know, my ego answer is this, is what I do. Everyone, and everyone else, I'll speak for everyone else. Their answer is probably what they do. But I think what we do together is kind of the, the ultimate thing. <laughs> it's been hard for a lot of bands to connect with listeners over the last year. There's no meet and greets, no live shows, no events to get you in front of new audiences. Has it been an opportunity for you guys to focus on other things? Or have you found a lot of ways to connect with your audience and new audiences? Um, for us, I think the best way we can connect with people is to write better music. Every time we want to get better, I always say if the, if the next record isn't better than the last one, then we're doing then something, something's wrong. You know, I think for us, it, it was a time to reach out and put out new material and continuously try and share with people. And for those people that reach out and, you know, want to talk, like at least one of us is there to, to respond and to engage and stuff like that. But I think we really wanted to nail in on getting just better, better at songwriting, better at recording, better at everything. Let, you know, take this time for, lack of a better phrase, job improvement, but self-improvement as well. We probably spent more time together, especially in the first five months than probably we should have. <laughs> we, yeah. were, we were uh, writing and recording in an Airbnb and living together for what felt like five months. I think it was four, but <laughs> well, it felt like a year. But <laughs> we finally hit a point where we're like, okay, we need some space from each other, you know, just a little, just a little elbow room, you know. But yeah, I think, I think it's really been an opportunity for us to, to just get better and, and come out out of this, you know, swinging kind of thing and ready to go. Have you guys lived together before? Only when we're recording or writing. We'll do those Airbnb sessions and stuff like that or touring. You know, we'll share hotel rooms and stuff like that. But that's kind of it. So, it, so in a way, we, we kind of always have at different times, but not actually, no. I've talked to some bands who lived together before the pandemic and they don't live together anymore. <laughs> 
<laughs> now is the time for everybody to to branch out. So. I've heard that about a lot of couples too, but <laughs> You know, some people just can't be in close quarters with each other. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a whole lot else to talk about. You know, is there anything else going on in your world? No, I mean, you know, we've we've got Leave Me Alone and, and Bill and Ted. If uh, if you're looking for a movie to watch, you know, Face the Music is obviously out. And um, it's very, very funny. But, you know, beyond Leave Me Alone and, uh, and Bill and Ted and, you know, just uh, hope everybody's healthy and safe, you know. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. It's early in Australia, but it's dinner time here. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And we'll hopefully we'll see you uh, somewhere around Madison in the next year or two. Hopefully. Right. Cross. <laughs> yeah. The world doesn't explode. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Alex. Awesome. Thanks so much.